Well, I hope you had a great Christmas celebration. It uh, was great for us to see our girls for Christmas. And uh, one of the highlights of Christmas Day, at least for me, was when Bonnie gave each of us matching red command uniform Star Trek pajamas for Christmas. Um, now, I'm a huge Trekker. That's a Trekkie with a little more fanaticism added in there. Uh, the jammies were actually on Charity's Christmas list, but Bonnie expanded the gift to include all of us because the family that treks together, something, something, something. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever watched Star Trek, but in the opening monologue of the original series in 1966, William Shatner says, Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Now, if you recite that in your head when you're washing your hands, you'll know they're clean and it's a lot more fun than singing happy birthday to make sure you have enough time in. Uh, several years later, in 1987, when Gene Roddenberry updated the series with the uh, the new Star Trek franchise, The Next Generation, they opened the show with the same monologue, this time voiced by Patrick Stewart, the new captain. Only they made two small changes. Instead of where no man has gone before, they made it gender neutral to reflect the fact that women were now helping to lead that mission. And they changed the five-year mission part to its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds because they realized that the exploration of space might take a little longer than five years. Why put limits on something that is ongoing? But it's human nature for us to look for boundaries. It's human nature for us to put limits on things. We do that. We put things in neat little boxes because I think often we are uncomfortable with the unwritten or the unknown. That's part of human nature. When we look at Christmas and the birth of Jesus, I think sometimes we look at it as if it is a limited celebration, as if our look at Jesus' birth is a short-term exploration of an event that we can then set aside until the next year rolls around again and we do it all over again. But exploring the coming of Jesus has, well, it has special implications for our lives. And it isn't a limited engagement. It's ongoing. Christmas doesn't end on December 25th. The gift of Christmas continues. Our mission as Christ followers is to hold Jesus in our hearts with no less intensity than we do at Christmas time. It's our mission. It's not a feeling. And this kind of love is a choice. If you think about it, even the story we share at Christmas, it doesn't end on the night of Jesus' birth, does it? As we said on Christmas Eve, the wise men who came to give Jesus gifts, they didn't arrive on the same night as the shepherds, even though we park a camel, you know, right outside of the, the creche or the manger scene. Um, we do that because the Magi are part of the story. It, it took them about two years to get there. By that time, the rustic manger seen in the barn or in the cave was gone. And according to Matthew 2.11, Joseph's family was now living in a house. But we include that part of the story of the Magi when we tell the story of Jesus' birth because they came to see and worship Jesus, the Messiah, who was born. 
It's part of the continuing story of Christmas. As followers of Jesus, we need to cherish Christ in our hearts beyond Christmas time. Jesus' life didn't end with his birth. And the continuing story of Christmas is ongoing. Part of the problem with our American culture is that we, we often, the, the novelty of things just often wears off for us. Like the child with a new toy at Christmas, you know, who ends up getting bored with the toy and then ends up playing with the box. Well, that's sometimes how it seems we treat Jesus. Okay, Christmas has happened. Now we can pack up the manger scene for another year. I'm not saying we can't pack up our decorations. I'm just saying that when you pack them away, don't pack Jesus up with them. Worshiping Jesus isn't just a one-day event. It's a 24-7, 365-day relationship. The way we often seem to treat Christmas is like me saying that I'm a big Star Trek fan and then only watching the first episode. If I'd done that, I would know what Star Trek is, but I wouldn't know the personalities or the characters. I would really know them. I wouldn't really have stayed around long enough to see how the story unfolds. And, and if you know anything about the fans, real hardcore TV show fans watch every episode. They learn the nuances of the characters. They learn their backstories. They remember key episodes. That's all very important. Well, real followers of Jesus stick with the story. We learn the character and the personality of Jesus. We get to know him. We stick around long enough for the story to unfold, both as we read it in Scripture and as we live it out in our lives and we experience Jesus. We learn about each episode in the life of Christ and the backstory of his life in the Old Testament. We've read about and we know all about the key episodes in Jesus' story. And we're fans and we're followers all the way to the end. We even get to know the real person in the story. That's Jesus. A lot of people know that Christmas has something to do with religion. We're not sure where Frosty and Rudolph fit in, but by golly, doesn't that manger scene look really nice as we drive by and look through the windows of our cars as we're looking at Christmas lights? If we're not careful, I think we can become drive-by Christians. We look at the pretty scene through the glass, but we never really experience Jesus in a way that changes our lives. Because it's really not about religion. It's about relationship. I saw a meme on Facebook the other day. One woman was holding a sign that said, Keep Christ in Christmas. The other woman beside her was holding a sign that says, Keep Christ in Christians. Well, religion is something you can leave behind when you walk out the door of a church or when you turn off the live stream at home. But a relationship, that's not something you leave behind. It's ongoing, and it's maintained through effort. A relationship needs to be maintained. And how do we do that? Well, in a regular relationship, what do you do? You call somebody up on the phone uh, every once in a while at least. Maybe some of you talk on the phone with your best friend almost every day or at least once a week. Maybe you're texting. Maybe you're sending funny memes back and forth or emojis and dropping pics on Instagram and hoping that somebody will, your friends will see them and comment on them. You get short, you get all these times together with your friends and 
That's how a relationship grows. You go to lunch with them or you hang out with them and you watch movies together. Some of you are exercising together. You do all kinds of things to maintain that relationship. Well, your relationship with Jesus needs to be maintained as well. Otherwise, it never gets beyond the story of Christmas Eve. And how do we do that? Well, we maintain our relationship with Jesus first through worship. In the story of the Magi in Matthew 2.11, it says, On coming to the house, they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Why did they bow down? Well, they were worshiping. They were demonstrating the worth of Jesus. They were honoring him. You know, bowing down is a sign of submission and of humility and of respect. And beyond the actions, they were really worshiping also in here. They were opening their hearts to him. Even though at the moment, the Son of God was still a child. They recognized him for who he was, the Son of God. In our worship, we have a lot of different ways that we express it. Uh, we stand to sing a lot of the times. We open our eyes uh, and look to heaven when we're praying, or sometimes we close our eyes and bow our heads. We even clasp our hands sometimes, or we lift our hands in worship sometimes. Worship takes on a lot of different forms. But it's only a form if we're leaving Jesus behind. It's got to go beyond form. It's got to go beyond simply going through the motions. In worship, we show our respect and our uh, submission. But the most important gift that you can give Jesus in worship is your heart. All of it. Another act of worship is prayer. And praise. Tell him how you feel about him, honor him for who he is, thank him for who he is and all he's done and all he's given, and talk to him. It's okay to ask for things. Jesus likes it when you ask for things. God wants to supply our daily bread and tells us to ask for it. The more time you spend in prayer, even if it's little short prayers throughout the day, the more you do that, the more you spend time in prayer, the more your relationship is going to grow with him. We maintain our relationship with Jesus through ongoing worship of Jesus, including prayer and praise and just surrendering our heart and listening to what he has to say to us. Well, we also maintain that relationship through study. God the Father has revealed himself through the Son. He reveals himself in your heart through his Holy Spirit. He also revealed himself through his word, the Bible. God didn't want us to go around stumbling, uh, wondering what in the world we're supposed to be doing or who he is. So he wrote it down. We study God's word to learn more about God. And sure, we learn more facts and we gain more information. We, but we also gain insight into the nature of God and how we can walk more closely and humbly with him. And we also learn from others who are following Jesus, and some of them have followed Jesus for a lot longer than we have. Well, that study and learning process, we call that discipleship. We also maintain our relationship with Jesus through sharing. We call it evangelism, but 
simply passing on the message about who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And I know that's scary for a lot of people, but it's also exhilarating. There's something dynamic in sharing Jesus. When we see somebody receive the gospel message and that spiritual light goes on, it does something for our relationship with Jesus. It, it deepens our bond with him in some way. And sometimes that happens. We have that feeling, that experience, even if we've only had a small part in seeing that person come to Jesus. But we also maintain our relationship with God through doing. When I say doing, I'm talking about ministry. Ministry can be anything that we do for Jesus. Serving God's people, loving and serving your neighbors, teaching, praying, giving, baking, sewing, shoveling, painting, repairing things at church. There are endless things that we could be doing for Jesus' sake. And when we do it for Jesus, we're empowered by his Holy Spirit. And our relationship with Jesus is strengthened because Jesus is loving others through you. And finally, we maintain our relationship with Jesus through the body life, the life of the body of Christ. Just as we learn from others in discipleship, we also encourage one another as we gather together. We gather for worship, we gather for prayer, we gather in pairs with a friend maybe, or we gather in a group like in a home group. Or maybe for a Bible for Life class, or children in worship times, or kids club, or women's book club. There are so many different ways in which you can gather with fellow believers. But gathering with fellow believers strengthens us. There's a good reason that Hebrews 10, 25 warns us not to ne neglect getting together or worshiping together. The Holy Spirit who lives in you and the Holy Spirit who lives in me draws us together. And we learn more of what it is to follow Jesus through fellowship with one another. Christmas is not over after the last gift is opened. It continues beyond Epiphany and when we take the tree down. And it continues beyond when we've packed away all the decorations. It continues beyond the time it takes for us to get bored with that one thing that we really wanted so much for Christmas. Christmas is all year round. If Christians keep Christmas about Jesus and our relationship with him, and we maintain it deliberately, we maintain it prayerfully, we maintain it with a whole heart. In a couple of weeks' time, we're going to start a new series so that we can go a little deeper with Jesus. It's a, a, a season or a, a time of exploration of the life of Jesus. And uh, we're going to start right from his dedication at the temple just uh, barely days after his birth, and we'll follow it through to the crucifixion and his resurrection at Easter. Now this next Sunday, Bishop Rob Patterson will be here to introduce our week of prayer and fasting. So I hope you'll join us. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we want to worship you not simply on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but every hour of every day. We want to be Christ followers, not Christians in name only, but in word and in deed. Lord, reveal to us who you are. Empower us to live like you and to love like you 24-7, 365 days of the year. 
We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. The Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians 4 and verses 4 and 5, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. May God empower you to live for him in the coming year. Uh, may you be blessed as you follow Christ. Go with God, and may you have a happy and blessed new year.